What is Kraka lacking? Day one of free agency, not really in the books. I'm old enough to remember when day one of free agency meant starting right now, July 1st at midnight. We had the contract extension dump. If you would like to talk about any of those, we have comments from our Discord members um, that I will get to. Thoughts, questions from them. They're all they're all super awesome. Feel free to to um, ask yourself if you're if you're in here. Um, quite the day of NBA free agency. I'll eventually go through what I think were some interesting signings, puzzling signings, whatever you necessarily want to um, whatever you necessarily want to to call it. I think there was a bunch of interesting deals, and there was a lot of business for a league that was supposedly going to sort of wait and see what happened with Kevin Durant. There are no doubt some teams that are still sort of in, in that wait and see mode, but yeah. So the extensions we've seen come down for the rookie so far, um, or not rookies, it's not just rookies, Carl Anthony towns, Nicole Jokic, both signed super maxes, Devin Booker. Those are not rookie scales. John Morant got his uh, rookie scale max as expected as well. It was funny that Woj and uh, it was basically just Woj sort of unloaded the clip on his extension tweet at midnight those are probably all expected i thought maybe there was a chance that carl anthony towns would wait um fk retro says in the chat you spoke that hartenstein signing into existence and i hate you um yes shout out to you we were having back and forths in discord about this um i love the hartenstein signing for for the knicks looking at what he did last season with the clippers he hit a good percentage of his threes didn't take a lot of them. I was more impressed with his floater, his passing, even sort of his finishing. Um, not super explosive, but will make plays like above the rim, catch and finishes, and his defense is like one of the statistically one of the best rim protectors in the game. Two years, sixteen million dollars to steal. When you have Mo Bamba, I think got two years like twenty or twenty-two. Uh, I found that surprising. As sort of a housekeeping note here as well, I looked up as many terms as possible for a lot of these deals. But we're going to find out in coming days that there are team options um, or player options on, on certain some of these contracts. One of them, though, is not the Marvin Bagley three-year. Was it $37 million he got? That's apparently fully guaranteed with no outs on both sides. Yeah, three years, $37 million. I thought that was pretty steep. Um, and, yes, I agree that Hartenstein should be start starting for the Knicks. Uh, we'll see what happens with Mitchell Robinson. He was supposed to go back on a four-year $60 million deal, I think, was what I read. But... We heard nothing uh, about that during the first six hours of, of free agency. Uh, but the Hartenstein signing I really liked, Tyus Jones going back to the Memphis Grizzlies, that's a huge win for for Memphis. Uh, I like another Memphian or Memphis player, Kyle Anderson going to the Timberwolves. I really like that fit. If you can get lineups with Carl Anthony Towns at the five and Anderson at the four, I don't ever want to see him and Jared Vanderbilt playing together. I guess Towns would technically give you the luxury uh, but the Wolves have just some interesting defenders on their team now. They already had that in Beverly and Jaden McDaniels and Vanderbilt. Now you're adding Kyle Anderson there. That's a lot of malleability. I, I, I'm very remain fascinated by that team, which still feels like they kind of need to like have this bigger move at some point. I don't know if it'll come, but they can do. Look, they can do some freaky deaky stuff now. Towns under contract for the next six years, even if there's a player option at the end of that. Um, they have five more years of Carl Anthony Towns, and that really gives them. A lot of letters to be aggressive in, in other moves. Uh, I think the Jalen Brunson signing, let's start. We've talked a ton about this. And look, if there's questions about KD or Kyrie or new news pops up, we did a whole podcast on them already. Uh, Strop says Wolves are very unorthodox. What is up, Strops? They they could certainly be, but I think Carl Anthony Towns is sort of like the best shooting five in basketball right now. Um, gives you that opportunity to try it. 
if you could go all defense and super big and go Kyle Anderson, Jaden Daniels, Jared Vanderbilt, and Towns on the court, and then Anthony Edwards at the one, um, I don't I wouldn't necessarily love that lineup, but I'm I am curious to see some of what their their packages look like during games next season. Uh, but again, if KD Kyrie stuff pops up, Nets, whatever, or if you have questions, you can throw it in the chat. Uh, that to whoever stragglers that might come and watch this, we can talk about that. But it's we hit that in an entire podcast already today. Jalen Brunson, I won't spend too much time on that. I think people were starting to confuse as soon as that money came through four years, $104 million. There was like this sentiment among like trying to be trendy Twitter that that is fine, that it's good money, that Jalen Brunson is a good player. You didn't watch Jalen Brunson. I think for Knicks fans and media members that don't understand this it's not about jalen brunson it's only about the knicks jalen brunson is fantastic i phrased it as i'm morbidly curious to see how he does working within tighter confines where the knicks routinely play two or three non-shooters but he was one of the best finishers on drives last year he puts a lot of pressure on the rim great footwork off the dribble not the worst defender you've ever seen but that's if i wouldn't play him and quickly together for long stretch i mean i would fuck it i would try it i'd like to see the knicks do something unorthodox but you don't really want to play him and Derek Rose together, I don't think. Um, but just the Knicks' direction is still just so confusing to me. I don't know what their end game is with uh, having Jalen Brunson. They haven't even resigned Mitch Mitchell Robinson just yet. We'll see if they extend R.J. Barrett. He was not uh, among the extensions announced. I think Jaws the only actually rookie extension I've seen so far. Waiting on Zion to see what those terms are going to be like. So the Brunson contract in a vacuum is fine. I just don't think that the... <laughs> I just don't think that the Knicks are in a position where they should be paying someone who isn't the guy that much money. That's just free and clear. That's really where I'm at at this point. And uh, we'll see how it pans out for them. There needs to be other moves here. Uh, they've decided that you're going to get a star via trade, most likely, although they ended up going after Brunson in free agency. They're still set up to do a bunch of things. They have a bunch of different first-round picks. And again, I like the Hartenstein signing. There's Technically, they might have a floor-spacing five now if you play him with Julius Randle and then Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett and then just insert shooter. Uh, that could be fairly interesting. They no longer have Alec Burks, though, and Derek Rose isn't a shooter. Uh, Q probably makes that light up a little too small or skews too heavily offense, but who the hell knows? I loved that signing, though. How about all those Utah moves? Yeah, what is up? Trading Royce O'Neal for a future first-round pick was a, certainly a decision, and I don't know what it was a harbinger of. I was really expecting there to be an announcement that Rudy Gobert was traded after that because it was just like you traded your best non-Gobert defender and you get like further below the, the, uh, the tax for that. I mean, Royce O'Neal's salary maybe alone was the difference between the tax, I think. I have them at... Like eight million, they didn't need to dump off that much. Is my point. If they wanted to duck the tax, does that mean there's another move coming? Does this make it more likely they're going to use their mid-level exception? Uh, I would argue that the you know Wednesday night, Thursday night, what day is it? Holy crap! That would have been the day to do it, and they didn't do anything. So I don't know what's awaiting this team. Um, I almost just like it. It wasn't. I don't know. It was ominous. Just dumping Royce O'Neal essentially like that. Who struggled was not the same type of player, but. You saddle your, yourself with that much responsibility year in and year out on the perimeter without too much help and just see how it treats you. Um, Utah is, they're, they remain implosive, combustible, and sort of a mystery. A uh, couple other mysteries here. So Dallas had a bad night. I'm not a fan of the, 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 the Knicks contract for Jalen Brunson, but you're the Mavericks. You had at least twice, we know that Jalen Brunson on two separate occasions would have signed what was basically a four-year, $56 million extension. 
You said no at least both those times. Went back after the trade deadline. He decided not to sign it. Good for him. I mean, he he basically doubled up his money almost. He came very close to it. But then you go back to him before free agency, although there are conflicting reports saying that they never got a chance to pitch him. And you were going to offer him five years and 106. The Knicks gave him four and 104, I believe all of which is guaranteed. Um, and by the way, Jalen Brunson's agent, Sam Rose, is the son of Leon Rose, who just so happens to be the team president of the Knicks, if anybody cares. Who, by the Knicks, on their coaching staff, Tom Thibodeau's assistants, is Rick Brunson, Jalen's father. In that defense of that move, insofar as in as much as it needs one or deserves one, uh, Rick was on Tibbs' assistant staff in Chicago, and I believe Minnie as well, too. Just a fun aside. So the Mavs didn't even offer Brunson over five with the Knicks are offering him over four. That can be used to prove how ridiculous the Knicks are. Uh, it could also be used to prove that Dallas really fucked up here. Um, and now they're just left. If, there's still time technically for this to turn into a sign in trade, but you really got caught holding the bag on this one. And it just, it's not a great look for you. And then, and then I don't understand I, the theory. Let me, let me correct myself of JaVal McGee in Dallas works. But three years, $20.4 million, good for him. And it's all guaranteed. And the only reason it wouldn't be guaranteed is because there's a player option at the end of it. You need to explain that one to me. I I get that you want to give Luca another a lob threat. Are you trying to move Dwight Powell at some point? I mean, you have Christian Wood there. That's not like the quintessential lob threat. But I, you need that big. I guess that raw rim protector, you, you thought that you did. Maxi Kleb is there too. So I don't know if this portends like another move. Just a very... I would say disappointing to blah start for Dallas. And we knew they were going to kind of lose Brunson, but it's just the optics on this one are for them specifically are really just, I mean, th they're not great going through some of these discord comments. Um, <laughs> retros in here. What do we do now that heart is gone? Uh, I don't know what you do. I mean, you just, I'm assuming they're going to play smaller, smaller a lot. You have a Vita Zubats now under that extension. And if we're going to touch on the Clippers, the Nick Batum deal is fine. Two years, 22 million. That We knew that was in the works from when he came back on a non-bird rights deal last summer. Love the Amir Coffee signing. And if I was a smart team, I know he was a restricted free agent. I would have given him more and tried to get him from the Clippers. Just a lot of, I think I said this previously on one of the live podcasts, a lot of two-way uh, acumen from him this past season. Showed a little bit of, of ball handling. Um, he shot the three ball well enough. Very tertiary playmaking. Able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. And I liked, this is like a prerequisite for playing with the Clippers a lot of the times, but they moved him around a ton defensively. So I loved that uh, deal for the Clippers, and I'm glad that he gets, uh, we'll see what the full guarantees are. It's being reported. I'm looking at it as guaranteed uh, fully. Just good for him to get, you know, spending all that time on a two-way contract, only to now you, you get that three-year $11 million deal. Um, they could still look to the Clippers' defense insofar as you're concerned about this. They didn't sign DeAndre Jordan, so good for them. Um, that's better than what the Nuggets did, but they did extend Nikola Jokic five years, $270 million, the richest contract extension so far in, in NBA history. Uh, the, and the Nuggets are puzzling. I don't really have anywhere else to go for the Clippers. I mean, we could still talk about like some of the bigs that are, if they want a truer big, I feel like they kind of prioritize players, though, for the most part, who are just you know more dynamic, and so you're not going to go out there and see them sign uh, – in my guess, I mean, I, I could obviously be wrong with this. Are you going to see them give the minimum to Hassan Whiteside? That's just not somebody I would expect them to to go after. Um, 
So Thomas Bryant could be fairly interesting for them. I don't know what his market is going to look like, but he hasn't resigned yet. Gorgie Jang is still kind of sitting around out there. And those are bigs that are just a little bit more uh, or a lot more dynamic than a Hassan Whiteside on offense, at least. So those would be names to watch if you think that they need a big. Uh, if they don't sign big, though, they're going to be. That's a one. Zubas be playing a shit ton of minutes. Uh, you're also going to probably be playing a lot smaller, which is maybe that means you don't get rid of Marcus Morris Sr. Although Retro did say, I think the Clippers trade Morris or Kennard for a quality big. Um, that should certainly be on the table. They have enough surplus of wings to where they could make a win for big trade and it wouldn't be egregious. Um, even the Luke Kennard trade, for sure, that's something that they could definitely look at as well. Um, and they're both making, I would say Luke Kennard's sal like contract is longer, but his salary at 12 point, what is he at? Or he's, where's Luke Kennard? Why is he going? 14.4. He's actually making more than I remember. So, but their team option on that final year, um, they're both tidy contracts to move. Maybe Morris is just steep at 16.4 and 17.1 respectively over the next two years. Uh, I would absolutely consider that. Um, I thought, I mean, some people floated like, how far is Vooch's value fallen? Like, would you do Morris for Vooch if that's the the framework? And I think it comes close to like pretty working. I, Clippers might just send out another contract. I wouldn't do that if I'm the Clippers. I don't know what that says about me or the state of Nikola Vucevic, but that's not something I would look at. And what quality bigs are going to wind up being available uh, at this point? I mean, that maybe they're a Nick Claxton team at the trade deadline after he just resigned with Brooklyn. Um, that was puzzling too, not keeping Nick Claxton. That makes a ton of sense. I And I know Patty Mills got paid because he was able to sign, uh, and I'm just going to be drinking an energy drink throughout all of this. So um, I apologize to anyone who hears that. But um, Patty Mills going back to the Nets while they're imploding, like Kyrie's going to be traded. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to be traded. What happens with Ben Simmons? I guess he works on that team if you're still trying to compete. I was just, maybe that was already in the works that he opted out and, he even signed with them in the first place because they were going to give him more than a, a non bird rights deal, which is look, that's fine. And they can still move that. But it was, that was one of the funnier ones to see Patty Mills all of a sudden end up in um, back in Brooklyn, excuse me, not end up somewhere. Uh, Retro did mention in, in the discord that he would like miles Turner. I don't know. I mean, the Clippers can theoretically trade a first round pick. But I don't know if that's going to get you Miles Turner, and it's certainly using Marcus Morris as the primary just sort of matching fodder there. I I don't I don't think they have the juice to get Miles Turner unless they're really gonna. Is Indiana like really high on Terrence Mann? Um, so that would surprise me a little bit if they're able to get into that discussion. I'm blanking on bigs that could be like available right now. Hey, how the John Collins count as a big? Is Marcus Morris Senior as his value falling that far that that can be the anchor? Uh, Clint Capella would kind of be fun, but you just you just paid Zubat such a modest amount. I'm curious as to who you go after now. It's not going to be like a Mason Plumley type player. Um, Dallas again, if they wanted Powell, they could do something. I wouldn't want Powell. I'd want Kleba, who Dallas is absolutely not going to trade. Denver does not have bigs to spare. I guess Detroit, if you want Kelly Olynyk. I'm just going through off the top of my head right now. So anyone can feel free to add big man targets for the Clippers. Or if you have questions about something else, hit us in the Chizats. Uh, I, I, Kelly Olenek doesn't do it for me. Uh, Houston isn't really sitting on any expendable bigs at the moment. They already traded Christian Wood. We already mentioned Miles Turner from India. I'd just be surprised if uh, the Clippers have the juice to to get someone like that. 
there's no real big to spare in, in Memphis. And especially after Jaron Jackson Jr. injuring his foot and out the next four to six months, you're keeping Steven Adams around. And that's not even a Clippers type player. Uh, Brooke Lopez could be one. That's one I didn't consider if you're out there retro. What do you think about Brooke Lopez for either Kennard or Marcus Moore Sr.? Kennard is definitely <laughs> straps. You want you want Tice? Uh, look, Deion Tice is Celtic legend and always plays really good there, except for in certain playoff matchups. But Brooke Lopez could be interesting for LAC on that expiring contract. I don't know if Milwaukee would want Luke Kennard. I think he's probably a more valuable player at this point than um Grayson Allen, but like I'm not sure that you're allowed to have Grayson Allen and Luke Kennard on the same team. I just I really don't think that's that's allowed. And if you're using Marcus Morris Sr. as sort of the anchor there, I feel like I might want more than Brooke Lopez, unless you just like the idea of getting out from the final year of Marcus Morris's contract. Like, is it is a do you do George Hill and Brooke Lopez for Marcus Morris Sr.? I'm not just saying like maybe George Hill has sort of like a rejuvenation in in LAC. I would I would think about it. If I'm uh, if I'm the Clippers there, but that might be the sort of the ceiling on the big you can acquire. I'm gonna just rule out Daniel Tice on behalf of everyone. Although thank you, Strops, for for that. I would love. I don't know why they would. I mean, I guess I could see it, but like Luke Kennard for Larry Nance, yeah, with the and I guess another salary would have to come out, or the Clippers willing to eat Garrett Temple. You can even use Marcus Morris Senior if New Orleans wanted him as sort of when you do downsize design at the five. Marcus Moore Sr. or in the front court, whatever you want to say it is. Marcus Moore Sr. and Zion might make a touch more sense than Larry Nance and Zion just because Marcus Moore Sr. is going to be a higher volume shooter. That could be something, and I love the idea of Larry Nance in, in LAC. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. I just don't know if New Orleans would be interested, but the uh, Clippers should certainly contact them. Detroit, by the way, I forgot. They have New Orleans Noel, and so can the Clippers work out something with that? That might be something for them to to consider. Um, just those are some bigs to keep in mind. Mo, Mo, Mo Bamba's even off the market. I was surprised he went back to Orlando there, but um, I guess they're worried about Jonathan Isaac's health and Ben Carroll can play the four. And also Bamba played a shit ton of minutes, at, uh, uh, like even more than a shit ton of minutes with, uh, with, um, oh my God, Wendell Carter Jr. What is, what is going on with me right now? Rashawn Holmes for the Clippers. I wonder if that's something that could work. Luke Kennard for Rashawn Holmes doesn't make as much sense because I liked the Sacramento King signing, I think they're like kind of an early winner or at least didn't do anything wrong during the start of free agency. The two-year deal for Malik Monk, just some pure shooting and, and scoring. I think they need that type of a player alongside the more so ball-dominant Tomas Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. So I like that. Maybe they would want Marcus Moore Sr. You can play him, Barnes, and Keegan Murray together, I think. Maybe it's you could definitely play two of them together, I would say, which, you know, there's the wing depth. So if that's sort of the basis of a deal... I wouldn't mind that. Do you want Rashawn Holmes under contract for um, for a while? If uh, if you have Zubats under contract, you're paying the two of them combined sub twenty five million. Food for thought there, and I think I'm I'm out of of bigs um, at the moment. Oh, Jakob Hurdle. I just don't know what you're giving the the Spurs to get him. And of course, there's Rudy Gobert if you're looking to do that. But some free agent targets to consider might be like a a Thomas Bryant type guy, or like I said, Gorgie Jang maybe um, in the chat. Thomas Colin Sexton to the Mavs. It would have to be a sign and trade. I don't know what Cleveland would want from Dallas and Bashir compensation would make that incredibly difficult depending on what Sexton's new number winds up at. And so you look at Dallas and 
I think you would need Cleveland to really like. I, I don't even know what they would need to really like. Are you want to give a Bullock in that deal? Like just as a, a wing, maybe you are, but that's not going to be enough. And you can't trade a first round pick to 2025. And I don't know if I like the idea of, of moving a first round pick for Colin Sexton. If I'm Dallas, um, I think they fucked up, but you do have Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic there. Uh, can you get like, can you either like strike gold somewhere else? Or maybe there's a different type of trade maybe you're relying on Tim Hardaway Jr. for just a touch more creation next season. I like the idea of Colin Sexton in Dallas. Let me get that. Let me make that clear. I just don't know if it's Bullock salary, like ever, however you're making this worse. And then a 2025 first, are you doing that? If you're Cleveland Dallas, I don't know. You might have a better shot right now at getting Karis LeVert on his expiring contract, um, working something out that way. But again, what is Cleveland could use wings. And so if it's something sort of built around Bullock and filler, do they consider it? Um, but Bullock is so, so valuable to what Dallas does. Um, he and Dorian Finney-Smith both. And if you're, you know, if you're going to turn Brunson into a sign and trade, you're probably not getting, like, are you trying to get Derrick Rose from the Knicks at that point? Is that something that you could still explore? Uh, I, I don't think the Knicks are going to want to help you when they own your 2023 first-round pick. That would be something else to consider as well. Sexton would be a good fit in Dallas. And I mean, I, it's kind of interesting that like a contract wasn't announced on his part because there's not like this huge market of cap space still. So um, he and Zach Levine not being announced. That was interesting. And yeah, speaking of my God, the bulls, I don't have a problem with any of the moves that they made, but like Gallo, and Andre Drummond, who was really good last year as a backup center, uh, mostly in Philly, but in Brooklyn had some moments as well. It's fine. The numbers they're at are fine. But, like, this is your move. And, then, yeah, okay, you're bringing back you're bringing back Zach Levine. So that's, like, that's great. That's awesome. We It hasn't been announced yet, but we know it's going to happen. But, like, those are the moves. So, and Will um, Gottlieb had put this on Twitter that he estimates that with Gallo and – um, with Gallo and Andre Drummond, they're going to come in at just under the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. And they did it that way because it helps them like stay under the tax in general. And look, I get it, but like, I, I, actually, I don't get it, is my point. And I, I just, you should want to spend on this team, is actually my point. And the fact that you're not, what does that say? Like you make this all-in trade for Vooch, uh, you go after DeMar DeRozan, expend assets for that. Uh, you miss on the, I think you, I mean, you didn't draft Tyrese Halliburton, who a lot of people were clamoring for them to, to take, but Patrick Williams is still sort of this mystery box. Cody, Colby White has not panned out. And so now you're in this weird limbo to where, oh, look, Kevin Durant's on the trade market, but you can't come within like a 90 foot pole of even fielding a reasonable offer for him uh, just because the asset base you have in place isn't great. And I mean, I assume was good. Patrick Williams is still intriguing, uh, but like you don't have all these, you owe your 2025 first already. So you could move others, but like, they're not going to be interesting compared to other teams best offers. Just there, there's plenty of free agency left. These are reflexive reactions after day one. I just, I don't, I, I am find myself unimpressed, uninspired, whichever move you want to use to describe the bulls. And they still have like so many, needs as in they need a i mean let's call let's call andre drummond a, a backup rim protector like that's that's fine or a rim protector at all because vooch is not a rim protector i just don't you know awesome 
do you have more more defense? Because I think you need more of that for them. Uh, I, I think they could use like Andre Drummond is not the best rim protector. He's a great he's a great rebounder. They could use another rim protector. You also have two of like the most defensively limited fives at this point. Uh, and not that you were more versatile last year. There there needs to be some more malleability and for their centers to move versatility on the defensive end. Um, so it's just I don't know. I and you still kind of like I guess if Lonzo and Caruso are healthy, you have Iota Sunmoon, if Patrick Williams is healthy, you theoretically have enough wing defense. I just really feel like the Bulls are in this blah direction all of a sudden after starting the year so great. But maybe I'm just underestimating the impact of a healthy Lonzo and Caruso and what this team could could look like at full strength. But that's another team that I would not be inspired by. Let's get to more um Discord comments. Uh Lonnie Walker to the Lakers. Strops had said that. I I thought getting him at the mini mid level was a not a coup for the Lakers, but I like the idea of making that swing. There are more layers to his game that deserve exploration. Will the Lakers let him plumb those? Uh, if they're going to monitor Russ's minutes, maybe um, or get rid of Russ entirely. If Kyrie's there, maybe not. Uh, Lonnie Walker Jr. Uh, Lonnie Walker Jr. Lonnie Walker the fourth can do a lot of shit with the ball in his hands. Um, and he's shown like stretches of good defense, never put it together a ton. And even the same thing with his shot selection, his shot making, even some of his finishing around the basket, he can do a lot of it. It's just never been a package that has come together all at once. And for a protracted period of time, I think this past season to close the year after the trade deadline or whatever it was, that's the closest he came to really figuring it all out. And so the Lakers could be potentially getting a, a nice little signing there. And they lose Malik Monk, which hurts. I like the Juan Toscano Anderson signing. I'm already scheduling tweets, calling for the Lakers to, to play him more. Um, Damian Jones uh, had some nice offensive moments last year. And that's, I guess, look, it's an interesting flyer and it proves like you didn't go out there and spend your mini mid level on another big, making you think that you were going to try and shoehorn them into the lineup with Anthony Davis. So that's sort of fun. Troy Brown Jr. Nice flyer. Um, I can't remember who tweeted this. So I'm sorry. I think it was Alex Kennedy that Troy Brown Jr. And um, Lonnie Walker, the fourth or best friends or something. And now on the same team, it's, it was Troy Brown Jr. And someone, whatever that's whatever it is. That was, fucking cool they were fine but i do i mentioned this before with the kings i really like them picking up malik monk and that felt like just a even if you want to call it a home run signing it's a very sensible sign, signing tim mcsee 22 anyone else want to see okc throw five first in for durant then use their other 13 future draft picks to turn their roster into a contender um i'll laugh if that happens i don't know what the thunder's pathway is to doing that just because the only reasonable salary matching tool they have in any um, Kevin Durant trade is Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I don't want to see them trade Shea Gilgis Alexander. Presumably he would be part of the reason that Kevin Durant wants to come play there in the first place. And just for anyone who doesn't know, or is wondering uh, as of tonight, they no longer have cap space, July one, their cap space from last season. It's gone. It's over with it's kaput. Uh, they are operating as an over on the cap team. So no, I don't actually view them as this realistic Kevin Durant destination. Although I find it absolutely hysterical um, that that would be on the table there. Uh, any other teams that sort of stand out to me at this point? Um, Washington has a lot of guards on the roster. All of a sudden they sign uh, DeLon Wright to a two-year deal, basically at the, at the mid-level or, or really, really around there at this point. I'm fine with that, but now you have, so you have DeLon Wright, you have Monte Morris, you have Will Barton, Bradley Beal's back on his max extension. We knew that was going to happen. And Zach Lowe made this point at ESPN. I think it was a good one. Also, Anthony Gill, um, bringing him back, probably just smart when you're looking at the makeup of their roster. They've been pretty smart with sort of balancing out their roster the past two seasons. 
Uh, I'll say post Russell Westbrook trade is the best way to phrase it there. So made a great point that we need to frame this as, look, it's a win for Bradley Beal. He wants to be in Washington and the five-year quarter billion dollar deal. Good, good for him. And he might still get moved on it if things work out in Washington. And I said this on another podcast. I think the Wizards are way more flexible than people give them credit for. Um, just looking at some of the, no, there's no co-stars there. There's probably limited upside depending on how you feel about Christoph Porzingis. I think Denny Abdi is actually the highest upside player on this roster. Love him and would like to see him get more ball handling responsibility. Doesn't seem like it's going to go that way with Barton, Morris, and now DeLon right there. Um, but they have some defense. They have some offense, some extra ball handling. That's what they needed. And we need to frame this as the Wizards did miss the boat. This is Zach Lowe saying this on trading Bradley Beal when his value was at an all-time high. Um, that is, I can't, I'm going to put this on the thing to see if one round left is, uh, are you actually applauding uh, the Utah Jazz here uh, one round left? I'm just curious. I'm not going to troll you or anything. I'm just, just very curious. Um, I, back to the Wizards. So yeah, they could have, Beal is a down season next year. They're taking a risk here. Good for Bradley Beal. And he wants, if he wants to stay with the Wizards, he's willing to stay with the Wizards through what's a non-contender, but they're trying to build themselves up. I have no issue with that for him. It's the Wizards. If I were them, I probably would have moved him already, but I'm not in charge of an NBA team. Probably for certain reasons, I would have blown up a lot of different situations. I like the moves that they made on their, their face though. I think there probably needs to be just like some reshuffling at some point, especially when you're looking at how many expiring or short-term contracts they have, but that also keeps them fluid and flexible. Uh, I would not, if you forced me to choose, I do not think DeLon Wright, Monty Morris and Will Barton and Kyle Kuzma all finished the season on this, this team. If I, if I was really, um, if you cared what I thought there and was forced to choose, uh, Victor Oladipo went back to Miami on a one year, $11 million deal. That was fine. Um, speaking of the heat, they are going to be linked to the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, but we have to mention the Sixers now who signed, uh, PJ Tucker to a three year. And I'm, I have not seen any reporting on like what the guarantees are with this, but they signed him to a three year, $33.3 million deal. Um, I would imagine that there has to be some like loose guarantees on the, the back end of that. It's everything I've seen is that it's not seen, but it's has not been reported that I've seen as partially guaranteed or anything. It's a lot to pay PJ Tucker over the next three years. But I, he's a great addition to Philly. Can play some backup five, also just alongside Joel Embiid. Daniel House at the biannual exception. He closed the year strong with Utah. That's a loss for Utah, by the way. They didn't just lose Royce O'Neal today. They lost Royce O'Neal and Daniel House. Uh, they're two most important perimeter defenders. Uh, that That is just uh, not great. And I just, I'm curious as to know what direction they're headed in now. Um, also, what Philly... What Philly did, excuse me, uh, they let DeAndre Jordan go to Denver. So shout out to them. Actually, we should talk about that with the, the Nuggets really quickly. We'll get to that next. But James Harden's the other story. Uh, the reports were that he's not going to broker his contract with them until the weekend. Um, maybe they're just trying to see how much much of a pay cut they need him to take. And they still have salary dumps that they could make to alleviate how much that is. Unless you're moving Tobias Harris at this point and shaving a boatload. He's probably looking at Jake Fisher had said 34 to 35 million per year. This was Wednesday night. I think Mark Stein had said around the $30 million per year mark. Uh, that's a huge pay cut, by the way. Uh, I'm not, James Harden had a $47.4 million player option. If he signs for like $30 million, $33 million, whatever, that's a huge pay cut. And talk about an about face. He all of a sudden probably becomes a universal protagonist. I'm not saying players need to take pay cuts. I'm never advocating for that. If that's what he wanted to do, go. Go for go for him. Like good good for him. But James Harden is in shape per the reports. I know it's the offseason, but he's working out harder and sooner than he normally does over the offseason. That's a that's a W. 
he's going to take a massive pay cut and he still ran away from Kyrie Irving and the Nets um, before they completely combusted. James Harden, universal protagonist all of a sudden, no matter how you feel about James Harden, just super, um, super smart. And I'm reiterating the comments in the chat for the people who are listening to this as a podcast. Um, Strop says, Daryl is turning us into the 1819 Rockets and I don't hate it. Uh, yes, I don't think that was the team that, was that the team that missed 27 straight threes though? No, that wasn't, or was it? But uh, they need to complete it, by the way. We need to get Luke Bamute in there. Where's Trevor Reese's camp deal? Uh, I don't know if Ryan Harrison was on that team too or started the year on that team or whatever. They And they were reportedly in the mix for Eric Gordon. If there's compensation they can give up to where the Rockets are sending out Eric Gordon, somebody else for Tobias, and maybe the Sixers are saving enough money to where it minimizes James Harden's pay cut. All I'm saying is if James Harden is in shape and takes like a, a 10 to $15 million pay cut, um, Jesus Christ. I just, uh, you know, uh, wow. That, that would just totally um, shock me. So the Sixers had a, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Buckaroo Holiday, bring back Nene. Yeah, you got to do it. And you have to do it on an illegal contract at first that you then revise later. So that has to be the order of operations here. Um, I don't look, I love PJ Tucker next year specifically. That deal is going to have some risk attached to it at the tail end. Their off season doesn't feel like it's done though. Uh, we do probably need to talk. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we do need to talk about the nuggets there. I went over the trade for KCP and Ishmith in a previous podcast. So go check that out. It's on YouTube. It's in our podcast feed. But signing DeAndre Jordan is like kind of a red flag here for me. And it shows it, like right now they're still below the apron. They still have, and they extended Nikola Jokic. Good for them. They paid him. They've never necessarily skimped on players, just basketball execs. But between dumping Jermichael Green, and they did add a first round pick as part of that, but they also dumped one down the future and it was the number 30 pick. But you dumped Jermichael Green and the Monte Morris Will Barton deal works because Bones Highland emerged and you are banking on, I'm not a huge fan of Ish Smith. Like if you want someone to get up and run there, that's, that's fine for them to use, but it works because you're banking on Murray and Porter Jr. being healthy and then just also having Bones Highland step into a, a bigger role. It's not like, oh, they got a lot better. I think KCP is the best defender in that entire trade by a wide margin, and now he's going to limit the time Aaron Gordon needs to spend at the point of attack. And I also, I will point out, signing age 34-year-old DeAndre Jordan is not like some ghastly move because you have Nikola Jokic on this roster. Maybe you trust... Uh, Zeke Naji to play some more five. Maybe you would prefer to downsize with Jeff Green there when Jokic isn't on the court. And we're talking about a span of between on any given night, 12 to like 17 minutes tops where you're working without Nicole Jokic on the court. So that's fine. It's you have these other tools at your disposal. You can use to get better. You haven't used yet. I'm not saying they needed to be used on day one, but you have the mini MLE and you also have the Jamichael Green Trade exception, which is, I don't have my trade exceptions pulled up right now. I should have, but that's in the eights, I believe. Will we see them use this to get the team better? Or is is this going to be is this going to be what they do? They signed DeAndre Jordan. I still think you might have been able to do better than DeAndre Jordan. Is is Hassan Whiteside not better than DeAndre Jordan? Is it just like I don't like I'm just he looked cooked. What's going on with Bismack Biombo? Does he have a better offer from Phoenix? He would have even made some some more sense there. And what's going on with Boogie? Like, did he have a bigger market that you didn't bring him back when Michael Malone is there? I'm, I, the Nuggets are still really good. And I think they should be a dark horse Kevin Durant destination if I want to be like basketball hipster here. Um, I would throw Highland, Murray, MPJ, and then they are very limited in what picks they could throw out there in the future. But every pick possible, which I think at this point is only a 2029 pick. Um, 
yes, it is only a 2029 pick. Um, I would just see like if if that's something Brooklyn likes, or is there a three and four team framework where other teams want those players? Um, in the chat, we have um, Mick VD saying Memphis needs to trade for Durant. I would love that fit as well. Who are you trading for Durant though? Jaron Jackson Jr. was injured and will be out four to six months. I don't think they'd move him anyway. Your is your offer just Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams. Um, you can have any of the rookies that they just drafted, whether it's David Roddy or Jake LaRavia. So those four guys specifically, even Brandon Clark, um, you have Steven Adams to help you with salary matching, even Dylan Brooks, if, if um, Brooklyn wants him. So what you're essentially saying, let me get through this. Any player on Memphis roster, any combination of players, um, except for um, John Morant, who was extended anyway, and now Jaron Jackson Jr., and then just as many picks as it takes. Is that, you know, and I think Desmond Bain and Zaire Williams would definitely be part of that deal. I'd probably do it if I'm the Grizzlies, but I'm just curious as to whether the Nets would view that as an adequate haul. We're we're an unprecedented um, four picks, Brooks and Adams. I don't th- all four picks, meaning the past two rookies, McVD, um, or just four picks in general plus Brooks and Adams. Either way, I don't think it gets it. You're not getting that deal done without including. I'll I, no, I won't say that. I'd be floored, bordering on flabbergasted. If the Grizzlies traded for Kevin Durant and it didn't cost them Desmond Bain and or Zaire Williams, in addition to a shit ton of, of draft picks though. So a fun Kevin Durant destination for sure though. Um, we did get into those on the previous pod. So check our YouTube feed or our podcast feed. If you're, if you're feeling a little spunky there. Um, so D- Denver, I'm just still hot. Like they have Jokic, Aaron Gordon. If they're going to be healthy, you still can and should be high on them. I just remain skeptical. If this is, they're going to be stingy before they just continue to get expensive. I'm just, it's not that I'm not, I'm not down on them. We need to see the rest of the off season, but I, th- this is a referendum on how committed they are to really going for it to me. When you're looking at the trade exception, the mini MLE, and you can use them throughout the season. I would argue the mini MLE is never really going to help you in the middle of the year. Um, the bulls are probably kicking themselves for using part like the biannual on Tristan Thompson. So that they can't do that. Use it now this summer. Um, anyway, uh, digressing there, shitting all over the Bulls for no reason, or I feel like that was a justified reason. Anywho, um, the Nuggets with that, I'd like to see them use the mini MLE based on certain players that are still going to be out there, or they have through the middle of the season, they can use that traded player exception. Um, that thing doesn't expire for roughly forever based on how late that they traded um, Jamichael Green. Any other teams to talk about? If anyone's really in the chat and wants to get to them, I feel like we hit really all the biggies. I'll look at some of these uh, different signings really quick that that went through. Um, just a lot. There's a lot more action at the beginning and then it sort of tapered off. Oh, uh, Anthony Simon. Oh yeah. Two. I wanted to hit upon for sure. Um, actually three teams now. Here we go really quickly. Anthony Simon's back to Portland four years, hundred million dollars. looks like it might be all guaranteed. Maybe there's a player option at the end. I'm fine with it. His off the dribble shot making. And I think he improved as a passing decision maker, even if he's not making, uh, it's Alex. That's exactly who I was thinking of, but, um, We'll get to them after the Blazers very quickly. Um, thank you for reminding me, though, because this was one of my favorite signs. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Holy shit. But Portland, really quick. I wasn't prepared to love their offseason as much as I do. Gary Payton II possibly going to Portland for like $8 million a year, which would be most of the, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. That'd be a very weird number to be uh, left over unless there's a player that you're going to use with the rest of it. Is it a little under eight and it just averages out to eight? Um, who knows? But they should still have the biannual as well. That's a team that can do things. I like, I'm okay with the Simon's contract and it's just different because um, he gives you just more pop 
than a CJ McCollum. Not as he's like Norman Powell and CJ McCollum, certain elements of them blended into one and then a worse passer, I would say at this stage than CJ McCollum. Um, but his off the dribble shot making is just more polarizing in, 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 I think a good, good way. Uh, and then they've, they've already gotten Jeremy Grant, uh, the Shane Sharp. They're, they're kind of flexible. Eric Bledsoe's still on the books. They have until, let me double check this here. Um, four days after the, oh, they have plenty of time. So he's three point, Eric Bledsoe. I'm all over the place right now. $19.4 million salary, 3.9 of which is currently guaranteed. They have the option of guaranteeing that and sort of using him as this walking trade exception. I predicted they would do something exactly like that. I just thought it was going to be re-signing Joe Ingles, who is now in Milwaukee. Again, we'll get to that. Um, so I would look for them to maybe do that if they wanted to make some sort of a trade. Otherwise, at this point, it's housekeeping. You guarantee Josh Hart's deal. Um, you bring back Yusuf Nurkic. Everyone expects that. I think I saw a report that it was going to be between 15 and $17 million a year, even though there's been no agreement yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I like what the Blazers are doing. And while they would be undersized if they went, like, like, well, they wouldn't even be undersized. But you could play Peyton, Simons, and Lillard together. Like, Peyton has that type of defensive versatility. And I would do this. I can already hear We Have a Take podcast, Tarabone Base, rolling your eyes at me saying there needs to be a small ball lineup of Grant, Hart, Gary Payton a second if he's there, Anthony Simons, and Damian Lillard. I need to see it. She probably just vomited a little bit. Um, she's not even listening to this, but she's, she's definitely gonna like her ears must be, um, must be melting or something off as I'm saying this, uh, beyond that, the bucks, they did some stuff and a lot of the stuff I liked bring back West Matthews, huge, huge for them in the playoffs last year. Uh, too huge. We didn't get to Aiton yet, Paul. We can though. Um, huge for for Milwaukee. I would argue too huge. We had this conversation in the pockets. Like the responsibility he was shouldering was unfair. Chris Middleton's healthy. That's different. Javon Carter played a nice role for them. He was better than George Hill. And like I said, um, look, if Alex is here, I don't know if you've been here the whole time. I proposed Brooke Lopez and George Hill for Marcus Morris senior. And I want to know what you think about that. I didn't hear from the uh, one Clippers fan that I knew was in here previously. Um, so anyone let me know how they feel about that trade proposal. Um, I, so I like bringing back Javon, Javon Carter and Wesley Matthews. I am love the Ingle signing. Who knows when he's ready? The Bucks are like, they're going to be fine in the regular season no matter what. They could have done nothing, let Bobby Portis go, and you have Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. If they're healthy, they're fine. I'm still waiting for a Pat Connaughton extension, by the way, because he absolutely positively would have gotten more than five and change in this market. I think he would have gotten the full mid-level. So I'm expecting him to get a four-year extension that averages out to like 60-plus million um, over those four years for a total of maybe like 70 million. I'm just... I'm hot, like math in my head right now um, based off what they could offer him, uh, the max of what they could offer him over five years. And that's clearly greater than the net sum uh, that, that they can, that they could have gotten. So I liked all those. I don't know what, how to feel about the Bobby Portis deal. I just, I guess four and 50 basically for him. That's fine. Um, he does bring like, there's an element to him that's super important to this team. And especially as Brooke Lopez continues to age and you don't want to get to the downsizey Giannis lineups. And also when you do like Bobby Portis is a part of that. You're not necessarily downsizing so much as it's Portis and Giannis in your front court. Then um, you downsize if you have PJ Tucker, which they do not anymore. It's just a lot. I don't like, it's just a lot for someone who I think is better as a switch defender than he gets credit for. But I think both that and his defense overall can be more of a problem in the playoffs. Um, that being said, and yeah, Alex, I, I would agree with you that they put backup bigs are like, you know, unless they're, unless they're Bobby Portis, 
Uh, look, here's my thing. You don't give multi. You wouldn't give multi years to PJ Tucker, but let's go give multi years to Javale McGee. I didn't understand the Bucks' interest in him. Uh, Dallas ended up giving him a deal that I don't understand either. So yes, if you move Brook, you need another center. But uh, there are there are cheap. There there are always going to be cheap centers on the market. It's they're not none of them are going to be Brook Lopez defensively or even offensively. But Biggs, you know, Bismack Biombo still hasn't been signed. You could consider bringing back Serge Ibaka. I don't. You know, was not great. What does Thomas Bryant go for? Do you have a reunion with Robin Lopez after you trade his brother? He would actually probably love that. Dwight Howard, Gorgie Jang. Uh, I don't like any of these centers more than the idea of Brooke Lopez, but Marcus Moore Sr. I feel like would be a great fit for this roster. Um, so I don't have a problem with what Milwaukee did. I mostly like it. The Bobby Porter's contract is just one I'm going to be monitoring, and maybe I'm too low on him. Uh, Deadman is already going back to Miami. Paul um, in the chat, but yes, he actually would have been spectacular for them as well. So the Ingles though, specifically that is just a perfect signing as secondary playmaking and there. The bucks can tread water until he comes back. And he is look, he was all over the place this season, um, but he is one of the best shooters in the league. Like over the past six years, whatever it's been, he's been one of the most accurate three point shooters. He can dribble in to some of them. He gives you the tertiary pick and roll playmaking. If you want um, you could see him envisioning running two-man game with Giannis if you really needed to, depending on the lineup structure that's out there. Loved the Joe Ingles signing. It is it is just absolutely perfect. I don't think he's, like, you're not going to play him, Middleton, Drew, Giannis, and then another small, like, let's say, Connaughton or Wesley Matthews in that slot. Not something I would necessarily try too often. But the Ingles signing, just a home run there. And I love that it was uh, re- announced by Renee Ingles. I thought that was I thought that was pretty fucking cool to uh okc i wanted to talk about i can't believe we weren't closer to the top this wasn't closer to the top lou dort comes back on a five-year 87.5 million dollar deal um i'm fine with it 17.5 million on average and now unless there are options we don't know about or non-guarantees you have him and shay just locked up for the next five years and then you have chet holmgren um we know they also have used Usman Jang, excuse me. Um, they have both Jalen Williams's. So, like, they are built to do so many different things at this point, like be big defensively and long defensively. Uh, they still have some other just like intriguing flyers, like a, what is Darius Baisley on offense? You're still trying to figure out, but he can be moved around defensively. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was intriguing last year. I remain lower on Josh Giddy than the consensus. Aaron Wiggins, the rim pressure he provides. So, they just have a bunch of flyers. They need to consolidate the roster a little bit, like legally, because they have just too many roster spots taken up. I think for the defense that Lou Dort provides, and he's going to give you some really just hard-nosed uh, rim pressure. Poku, he's like, yeah, look, one of my favorite members of that team, who I think is going to be really good. I was sold all the way on him after last season. So Poku is going to be absolutely great. Thanks for reminding me on that, Paul. I, I do believe that Dort is closer to market value here than an overpaying. You also have to cake in that like he was on um what had become known as the Sam Hinky special, basically, where his price tag was just so repressed based off how he came into the league, latched on, signs that longer term deal. I was almost surprised the Thunder went the decline the team option route the way that the Rockets did with Tate. And we can talk about that for sure. Yeah, Poku Chet, let's go, Paul. Yeah, I want to see that front court. And let's make sure that Shea is on on the floor as well for that. But uh I think it's fine. Like, yeah, you want him to shoot better on threes, but he still takes threes. Uh, and again, like there's some just like put the ball on the floor and just get like barrel through the defense type style from him. And just based off the defensive value he provides to you and you know that it scales at this point to a playoff setting, I'm totally okay with it. And look, based off your timeline, like 
it's going to be two or three years before this really becomes a problem. You're either going to be looking at paying some of the other guys you just drafted or trying to acquire bigger names. And at that point, if the deal doesn't necessarily pan out, there's it's short enough left or a little bit enough of it left where it's not that much of a problem to me. So I don't have an issue with it. If anything, I'm happy that, and they might've been paying like the, Hey, this dude was underpaid for so long. Like we're paying a little bit of a tax here. That's fine as well. Uh, the, the Rockets also did that with Jay Sean Tate, much, much smaller deal. Mind you three years, 22 million. Another guy you wish could um, shoot the ball a little bit better, but he gives you some, he has more directionality than Dort off the dribble. And it's not as much just like, bull in a China shop stuff, but his defense is huge for them. And he is probably, you know, just based off their roster, like he's going to be of the non point guard guys. He's one of the better, just put the ball in his hands, not create from scratch, but just trust him with it. I like that too. I think it's fine. And you're at a point early in your development where this contract doesn't hamstring you. Like you're probably not going to be good at, or trying to be very good at any point over the next three years, certainly not next year and probably not the year after, and by that point, it's an expiring deal. And it's also a number that if you need to start matching and step laddering salary to make a bigger acquisition, you're going to be perfectly fine there. So another deal I don't have an issue with. There wasn't much I had an issue with in day one. I think one of the only things we didn't really touch on was what the 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 Raptors did. Excuse me. So I, I thought we were going to get maybe a Fred Van Fleet announcement. I know Pascal Siakam wasn't eligible until October anyway. So that wasn't, if there was going to be an extension, that wasn't necessarily going to be a thing. Uh, anyway, you bring back Thaddeus Young, two years, 16 million fine. Chris Boucher, get in the bag. We love Chris Boucher around these parts. Um, three years, 35.3. That's fine. I also don't think the Raptors need to get a big. And I think a lot of people will just argue that um, the reason they don't need a big, a lot of Raptors fans, excuse me, will argue they don't need a big uh, because when you look at their roster, who, who is just still on it right now? Can we can we name him? His name is escaping me at the moment. And for some reason, like I can't really figure it out. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on this Raptor guy's name? Someone in the chat, tell me. I don't know why he is slipping my mind right now. This is an all-time live brain fart. Drafted number 33. My death chart won't load. Someone come, someone come save me here. This is just this is just terrible um, live podcasting. Anyway, I, don't, I didn't think the Raptors needed a big to begin with. Their fan base is incredibly high on Christian Coloco. Oh, my God. I feel like a fucking idiot. Um, I'm tired. It's late. Please forgive me. Just between Boucher, the minutes that you could use with Thaddeus Young at the five, you have Pascal Siakam as well and Precious Achua, not to mention Ken Birch. The the big man stuff. Yeah. Fa- Shrops, where were you? Like five seconds ago. Um, not Birch, though. He was had down year Birch. Wasn't that good, but I, I liked Birch. But thank you, Strops, coming in. Maybe there's a delay a little bit late since I'm getting those things. Uh, I like the Chris Boucher deal because I love Chris Boucher, and I think that Thaddeus Young is fine. I also believe what's important, I don't like viewing contracts in these terms, but for Toronto specifically, like your best salary matching tools were all of what you would consider your core players. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, if you want to loop Gary Trent Jr. in there. Now you have some of these mid-end salaries going into next season. Um, that aren't Scotty Barnes, like a Boucher, in addition to Ken Burch and Thaddeus Young, if you want to make a move, you can step ladder with those contracts. So I don't have an issue with that. I believe we like went through everything here, though. I don't know what signings. We we talked about the Clippers. We talked about the Magic and Bamba. Um, I waxed poetic about coffee. The Victor Oladipo deal was fine. We went way too in-depth on the Bulls. Detroit, I like the flyer on Kevin Knox. That was That was a good one. I still think that he just... I'm not saying he necessarily deserved playing time, but like the Knicks specifically were in a situation to give him more uh, of a longer rope. And the fact that they didn't is just like, oh, okay, uh, why? But that is an interesting flyer from them. Um, 
I don't think I missed any other deal. I think we covered every single deal in this podcast, uh, right down to what we will now, uh, Devon Reed resigning with, with the Nuggets two years, $4.1 million. Uh, and Anthony Gill to Washington, Trevlin Queen um, goes to, goes to Philly from Houston. Okay. Yeah, we, we hit it all. So the, we have to watch out for the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I'm still puzzled by what they're doing. Uh, keeping Nick's Nick's Claxton. We did talk about it that at the top, Alex, I did not like the Marvin Bagley deal. Just to reiterate, um, fully guaranteed for at 37 million for both sides. And you have Jalen Duran, Kelly Olenek, uh, now Nerlens Noel. I guess what is this? And I wouldn't play Marvin Bagley the third heavy minutes of the four. I want to make that clear. I guess what you're saving grace is here. Kelly Olenek's expiring. Nolan's Noel's essentially expiring. Are one of those dudes going to be traded or both of them anyway? I can't forget about Beef Stew either. So uh, it was a curious move, but Marvin Bagley was a great partner, great with Cade Cunningham at, at Spurts with the Pistons last year. So no, just massive problem with that. We now wait for what's going on in Brooklyn. I liked that they kept Nick Claxton. We talked about this already. Uh, the Nets though are just they're they're going to implode. So we'll wait on that. Maybe I'll do another podcast on day two of free agency at some point. Thank you for everyone who came through. Thank you everyone for listening. I really do truly, I try not to look at the numbers because I know that we're a smaller community when it comes to league-wide podcasts, but I know that localized coverage is really important. So I enjoy that you come talk league-wide coverage with me. Appreciate every single one of you, whether you're listening on YouTube, just via your podcast player. If this is your first time listening and made it all the way here, please consider throwing a us that permanent subscription on youtube and with your podcast tell people about us help us promote ourselves and build up the community uh, you all are awesome join our G discord the links to which is both in the podcast description and youtube uh with that i'll leave you with the shout out to as always the one the only the indelible frank Neil